This is the Loyal to the Game podcast, brought to you by 613U.com. This is the Loyal to the Game podcast, episode 14, brought to you by 613. I am Jack McCool, your host, along with Caleb and Jaden, as always. Coming at you with a second pod here in not too long. We're back, back on the grind now that the NBA playoffs have started. And that's kind of where we're going to stay with the topic today. So uh, once again, the big, biggest story in, in basketball. So we're going to talk our main takeaways from the first game of, of the of the East and West series and maybe even the second game because a couple of game twos happened yesterday. So Caleb and Jay, how are you guys doing? Are you excited about this? Yeah, it's uh, awesome to have basketball every night. You know, I had some uh, some shows I was streaming like winning time. Uh, but that's going to have to take a back seat, uh, or I had to watch it, you know, during, during the day when the kids are napping, uh, no, it's, it's, uh, it's awesome to be all in on, on hoops and get to be a fan and watch how these, uh, these professional coaches, uh, you know, navigate their, their matchups, uh, some, you know, performing as expected, some a little disappointing, uh, Jay, you have any, uh, any coaches that, that you think are stepping up so far? Uh, well, I think, uh, as always, Monty Williams uh, over these past few years has really uh, made himself into being one of the top coaches in the NBA. Um, of course, Eric Spolstra of the, of the Heat, um, all about that culture uh, over there in South Beach. <laughs> you can't, you can't say that to Brown Jack. <laughs> yeah, you can't argue, though, okay. at this point. Yeah, I'm, I mean, really bullying Trey uh, in game one there, but obviously we'll get to that, but I think uh, coaching has been uh, early on in these playoffs such a huge factor in, in every single game. It's like the decision, how uh, the decisions that they make, the the fact that it's possession by possession, like every single possession counts and it matters. Uh, the game really slows down in the playoffs. So coaching is really being spotlighted early and uh, a lot of coaches have really stepped up to the challenge. Absolutely. It's super exciting to watch how teams are kind of feeling each other out so far through one game and maybe two games. So there's going to be a lot of uh, instant kind of overreactions and takeaways we can take from these games. So that's kind of where we're going to start um, our main takeaways from each of each of the series is so far, maybe one from each conference um, or just the biggest one overall. We'll, we'll, we'll see. So uh, Caleb, why don't we start with you? What's been your main takeaway from the NBA playoffs so far? Oh, I'm going to uh, go all Nick nurse on this one and just say, the way that the referees are calling the games in the playoffs. Um, and you have, I think both sides, uh, you know, I'll, I won't even go into the Raptors yet. I'll save that for the last part, but let's say Jokic, for example. Um, and I, I know uh, on real ones, Raja Bell was on the podcast. I was listening to, he was talking about this too, how, how all season Jokic was getting these calls for the type of defense or going against the type of defense that Draymond Green was playing. But all of a sudden in the playoffs, these aren't fouls anymore. So like, no wonder the guy is frustrated. Um, so they just are yeah, calling it in a different way. And it has a huge impact on the game when the MVP or projected MVP of the league, uh, you know, isn't performing as he usually does and as his team needs him to. And it doesn't stop with, with just him. I found that the, the Celtics um, were a lot more physical with, with Durant. And usually it's, it's pretty easy for, he didn't have a great game, but it's pretty easy for him to uh, get to his spots and get his shots. And he doesn't really seem phased by, by defenses, not to take, you know, take too much away from the Celtics. They, they're one of the best defensive teams in the league this year, but uh, you know, usually those stars get those calls and the refs have decided to not, or in game one of those uh, and, and game two, I guess in, 
in Jokic's case, but they, they haven't been getting the star calls. But then you turn around and we'll get it back to the Raptors and Embiid is getting even more or what seems like even more as a, as a biased fan. It's um, so, I mean, classic coach talk here, but the refs have such a huge impact on the game and the Raptors game game two, um, of course, in the fourth quarter, they, they stop calling and they don't call as much to make themselves look better when the game's already out of reach. And it's just so hard to get any flow or rhythm um, it's so demoralizing when you're getting ticky tack fouls, uh, and, and it really does weigh on you, even for professional athletes to feel that, um, you know, everyone's, everyone's against you and Embiid saying that nurse, uh, needs to stop about the calls. Like that's his job. <laughs> He's got to fight for his players. So, um, yeah, it's just really interesting how the refs, uh, in playoff basketball, it's, it's, a it's, um, new rules are emphasized or the, the whistle uh, sounds different or maybe a little louder or is more frequent. Um, so that's my biggest takeaway is just, it's reminded like how playoff basketball and regular season basketball are completely different, mostly because of the refs. Well, I mean, you, you subtract free throws from that, that game two of the Raptors Sixers game, the Raptors win 86, 85. So uh, it's very telling to say the least, given they lost by something like 13, and I don't want to sit here and be one of those Raptors fans who's just harping on the refs and saying it's all because of the refs, because it's not all because of the refs. But after watching two games, it's not the like you said, it's not the same for Embiid as it is for some of the other players in the league. And then you top Harden on top of that, it's it's tough. I mean, I'm sure it's a lot easier when you're a Sixers fan, but when you're when you're when your team's getting burned by it, it's certainly not fun to watch. But uh, Jay, what do you think about but the refing so far? It's it's been so inconsistent. It's been it's been awful. It's been like extremely frustrating as as a Raptors fan and as a basketball fan in general because I like I have a couple thoughts on this so the way that they've been refing these past two two games for for the Raptors and 76ers it's kind of like they've been refing they were refing a game that was Sacramento and Utah on a Tuesday night in January like that's (laughs) what it was like it was so like it was so like they're calling literally like everything one-sided and er, like they were calling every single little thing in the playoffs like Caleb said like you got to let them go a little bit you got to let them battle it out you got to let them be physical and especially on a player like MB who has come out and said before like I like my doctor told me um if I ever get nervous to fall <laughs> and you've seen that many times where he was just falling like uncontrollably and unnecessarily to, to the point where it's just like, okay, come on, man, dude, you're 275 pounds, your muscle, like you're not, you can't go down that easy. And the refs can't be calling that every single time. Like the Raptors are brushing up against him. And yeah, that's the Siakam one, Jay, where the, I think it was Siakam's second foul and he puts his hands up, he, he hits him, but holy, Embiid fell down like a ton of bricks. And I mean, I don't know what his doctor is saying because that's a lot of weight to be hitting the deck that hard. I think he should have tried to land that one. But right. uh, I totally, I totally know what you mean with the way that he, he falls, uh, it's a, the protective measure. They, and I get it. He's a superstar. He's probably the MVP this year, but you can't call this game like, like so tight. Like you got to let them be physical. You have to let them be aggressive. That's the only way that the Raptors have a chance is to be aggressive with them. Raptors have, five six six nine african dudes that can play the hell out of on the defensive uh, on the defensive end of the ball and right now the refs aren't allowing them to do that 
and uh, factor that in missing uh, uh, Scotty Barnes, potential rookie of the year, who's one of their best defenders. Also, you're taking away uh, 15 points on the offensive end with his injury. So now the Raptors are just in a huge hole where they have to somehow find a way to dig out of. Fred's got to get back to uh, to being aggressive and taking shots and really taking over the game. Pascal's got to keep doing what he's doing. Uh, Gary Trent Jr. Hopefully he'll get he'll be better soon back for Game Three. And uh, yeah, I just think that the refing needs to change, and I think that the Raptors really need to dig deep, and and they really have to give it all they have. And they it's Game Three is a must win, and I think we all agree on that. Yeah, absolutely. And and then just the one final thing on on the refs is with Embiid, it just feels like they're ready to make a call before he's even made his move. It seems as soon as he catches it, they're prepared to make the call just because they're assuming he's going to get fouled because he's so unstoppable and so dominant down low. So I don't know that the, they're a little trigger happy. That's a, that's something that I'd like to see a little bit less of going into game three. But um, if we're staying on the, the, the main takeaways thing, Jay, what's your, what's been your main takeaway from, from the playoffs so far? I guess my main take would be that there's so many, um, let's say B level guys that are stepping up to play, to have maximum impact for their team. So for um, maximum, what's that? Like maximum, Tyrese maximum uh, <laughs> impact on the yeah. games. Yeah, nice, a nice dad joke there. But yeah, exactly. Like Tyrese Maxi, we all knew that brand. he was one of the um, young up and coming stars of, of the game. Like we knew he, he was crazy quick, um, had incredible float game and, and incredible decision making. But we didn't know that he can go out and drop damn near 40 points on, on the Raptors in the playoff game. Um, Jalen Brunson, the same thing. Like, these, these B-level players have, have shown that they can step up in the big moment. And it's it's been like that in every series. Like, there's been that one player in every single series that has really stepped up and um, and put the, his team on the map. Yeah, that sort of sort of kind of goes along with my biggest takeaway um, from the playoffs so far. And that's I, – I like that point a lot, Jay. And it's just like there's just kind of, I think, a changing of the guard going on and before our eyes, maybe the first step of it. Because, I mean, even th- throughout this entire year leading into the playoffs, I mean, we saw obviously LeBron had amazing numbers, but he wasn't the same guy. Couldn't quite lift his team to victory. We saw Curry have a down year for Curry. Um, we've seen uh, we've seen that Lillard missed a lot of games. Durant's getting old, even in the playoffs. He's not his playoff self just yet. Obviously, it's only been one game, but um, we're we're seeing these young guys step up, like Anthony Edwards, like Trey. Like I mean, Luca hasn't played, but I'm sure he will step up. We're seeing them. Hey, t- not even young. Not, not even young. We're talking yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. B level players, like. Guys that don't usually get the respect they deserve. So, like, that's uh, first game, Phoenix uh, Pelicans. Jonas Valanciunas had 18 points, 25 rebounds. Mm-hmm. No one's talking about it. Like, do you know how difficult that is to grab 25 rebounds while putting up 18 points? I, I just think it's the, the B-level guys are, are just, like, people are now noticing them because it is on a bigger stage. The, the games are being covered by uh, ESPN, TNT, that sort of thing. Like the Pelicans, I, I don't think that Valanciunas would get the kind of love that he is uh, right now um, if it was like middle of the season type stuff. But he's been doing it like for for his whole career pretty much. Mm-hmm. No, absolutely. I, I definitely agree with you. We've seen we've seen a lot of guys step up and, and a lot of guys, like you said, that aren't necessarily expected to take that much of a jump. But outside of Maxi and I guess JV and the guys you've mentioned, who do you think's taken kind of the biggest the biggest leap up because it's kind of a tough one. I'm not, I'm not hundred percent sure. I think maybe you could argue Duncan Robinson. He had quite the, quite the game one. What do you guys think? I, the guy who was like 
to me is one of the top 10 performers in the playoffs right now it has to be Jordan Poole. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, the just it's it's totally rational confidence. He's probably the most confident guy on the floor right now. He's got that that Steph Curry swag, or he stole his powers, but now that Steph Curry's got it back too. Um, I don't know how you guard that guy right now. Like he he's phenomenal. So he and, and just the the fun factor uh, for me. Yeah, it's it's Jordan Poole. That's a really good one. I, I I totally forgot about forgot about him in all honesty. But what about you, Jay? I mean, I think I probably have to stick with uh, Tyrese Maxey. Like he's yeah. been their motor. Like he's been outplaying Harden, um, and you could even um, argue Embiid as well, who's the MVP this year. I think that when he has the ball in his hands, there's no one on the Raptors right now that can stop him. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, in 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 the in the half court, I'll say in the half court, there's no one that can stop him. Yeah, I mean, I I, I thought at first that Malachi might be able to, um, after he exposed the rest of the Raptors, uh, defense, but um, even even when Malachi tried to guard him, it was still the it was still the same shit. So, I mean, I think quick. that Tyrese Tyrese Maxey is is right now, uh, the 76ers' best offensive weapon. I think I think that's a great call, and then, I mean, why don't we, with the, on that note, move into kind of just dissecting each series here? And I guess we talked a little bit about what the Raptors need to do, and then now what the, what what's going well for the Sixers. But let's start there in the East. Let's start with Philly versus Toronto. Obviously, not a great start for Toronto down 0-2, heading into Game Three, back in Toronto, losing Scotty. Gary's ill, but I don't know. I think what what what's the one biggest change you think you need to make maybe as a whole for the team, if you're the Raptors going into game three, I think, I think there's a lot of things that you could, you could point to, but that not necessarily just a player playing well, like what as a team do you think they could improve on? I I think it's gotta be uh, rebounding is the easy answer. They got to create more opportunities. Uh, Cause you know, Philly's going to sh- outshoot them at the free throw line every game, like just based on their, their personnel. So they have to make the hustle plays. They have to force more turnovers, being more disruptive. I don't know how they do that without, without Scotty. And I mean, Embiid looks like he's grown three inches to, to me. He looks massive. And I, this is not about rebounding so much, but just like, I know the three balls sexy. We turned down layups for three balls now, but they, that's the thing that I would say Embiid uh, has over Jokic is just that presence in the paint that people, you know, the rim protector that people don't want to go up against because they're afraid they're going to get get blocked. And I mean, Jokic is big. He's he's he's, he's good defensively, but he he's just not that intimidating uh, to the level that Embiid is. So we're not even shooting in close. So we're so the Raptors are shooting a lot of jump shots and not hitting a high clip of them at all. So you need to create second opportunities um, and close out possessions too. So yeah, rebounding for me is, is the Raptors, uh, you know, something they need to get a lot better at. No, I, I definitely agree. I definitely agree. What about you, Jay? Well, just uh, on your point, uh, Jokic versus Embiid, I think that uh, teams are, are more intimidated of Embiid in the post, but I think uh, teams are also intimidated of Jokic in transition when he has the ball, bringing it up the floor because you don't know where he's going with it, and that's uh, that's one of his his best skill set is um, is the level of and the art of uh, what's the word I'm looking for, um, you know, uh, being able to uh, really be unpredictable with it. You um, to, you've already said twice so that that Embiid's your your MVP. 
I think right. that. So yeah, I think I think, he's, I think he's playing like an MVP. Um, my my vote is personally my my vote is uh, Jokic, but I'm just saying like Embiid is oh. is they're they're like one A one B for me. But like uh, Embiid's playing out of his mind this year, and and you can't you can't deny that. Um, going going back to the 76ers Raptors, I think that the Raptors really just need to move the ball on, on offense. You see the ball being stuck with, with one person uh, uh, numerous amounts of times. They're not moving the ball at all. They're not making the defense shift. They're not making the defense work. It's, it's one. And, and, and it's, at points, I, I don't know if this is just me, but it looks like they don't know what they're doing on offense. Like when they get the ball they're they're being um, reactive and not proactive. Like when they get the ball, then they decide what they're going to do. They don't already have something in mind. So you see when OG gets the ball, he'll grab it. He'll, he'll hesitate for a second and then he'll, he'll do something instead of just getting it and go. It's uh it's, it's really slowed down their offensive, um, their offensive flow. And, um, and, and they're a team that relies on, on getting out and running from, from defense to, to offense, getting stops, getting steals. Uh, and working in transition, creating momentum, creating their offensive flow that way. So that's really stopped them is uh, is moving the ball, in my opinion. Yeah, and Embiid played really well, but at the same time, I think they're, they're too willing to give up the three. There's, there's, they're sending the double so quick, and Embiid's doing, and other guys are doing a great job hitting shooters, and just the way they help. I think they they should try their best to maybe give up less threes and obviously win in game three. That's what. But I think what, uh, like their their other guys are hitting are hitting shots mm-hmm, too and, yeah. and you got to give it up to them like danny green was was on fire in that in that second game i think he hit, he hit three or four threes uh had a dunk in there too so i mean you, you got to give it up to those other guys i think the raptors are doing the smart thing in doubling because that's all you can do yeah um but i just uh, again like we talked about before i think the refs are just calling it way too quick and, and are really eager to, to call that foul on the raptors and i mean credit to the sixers at the end of the day they're playing really well raptors aren't playing well but but they're doing they're doing what they need to that that's for sure. Um, but so staying on in the East, uh, let's move to that one versus eight matchup. I know you're a big, big Atlanta guy, Jay. Unfortunately, down 0-1 didn't look too great in uh, in game one. Obviously, Miami was all over them. Uh, their D D was shining, holding Trey to one of twelve. Not a great game from Trey. So, um, what do, what are your thoughts on that series? What's your biggest uh, maybe overreaction after one game? overreaction that uh Miami has the best defensive team uh in the playoffs right now I think to be able to stop Trey and and hold them to what was it eight points yeah I think that's an incredible feat that no other team has in their arsenal right now is uh that defensive powerless to uh to really contain the other team's uh superstar I think that it's all about that heat culture they know how to win it starts from the top and works all the way down to the bottom they have an array of veterans that can help the young guys uh, like Struess, like Vincent, uh, like Hero and, and Duncan to uh, to really help them through on what it's like to win playoff games and um, how to win them down the stretch, how to take care of your body throughout the playoffs, how to um, little tricks of the trade that, that these veterans have uh, have used. So I think that they have, in my opinion, like I said, overreaction the best defensive team uh, in the playoffs right now. Yeah, I think I think Miami looked amazing. Obviously, home court, coming out as number one seed, you thought they were going to look really good. But, but, I was but just they really... were beating him up, though, too. Yo, like, yeah, they were like physical. Detroit Pistons, like – they go, I'm going to beat the hell out of you. Trey. Don't come in here. I'm going to, I'm going to, we're going to and, touch you up down here. You know, it's interesting. It seems like every member of their starting lineup had like 
their time where they were guarding Trey too. So he wasn't like just going against one guy and trying to kind of figure out um, the weaknesses of that one defender. He, you know, they, they kept him off guard by, by switching it up. And, you know, if he's going against PJ Tucker one time, um, who's going against Lowry, you know, Bam hey, had, a, had a chance at him. Bam's um, going to be multi-time defensive player of the year in his career. I, he's, he's, yeah. he's my, he's uh, probably my like top three favorite uh, players to watch on the defensive end. Cause he can guard anyone and he does a hell of a job doing it. He moves his feet, keeps his hands up. He's very smart already at such a young age. I think that he's going to win multiple uh, DPOY uh, titles in his career. I think that's a solid bet, honestly. I mean, the, the biggest thing with Miami that impressed me was their their depth and their balance. I mean, we, we talked about their bench pretty much all year. Um, they've missed – they have, they've had key guys miss tons of games due to injury, and they've just kept chugging along in that number one seed. And, and like, like Butler had 21. Robinson had – was eight for nine from three. He had a huge game. Even Kyle, he only had 10 points, but he had nine assists. They, they just – they're a really well, well-oiled machine, and they just come at you from so many angles. It's going to be – they're going to be a really tough matchup. I mean, for anyone to beat um, the thing I was thinking about, obviously I don't want to be pessimistic, but in a second round matchup with the Sixers, I'm really curious to see what that would look like given the Bam and Bede matchup. And then the Sixers are deep as well. They've got a solid starting lineup and crew. So that's, a, that's something I'm super interested to see, but any other thoughts about uh, Hawks, Hawks heat? I think Kevin Herter sucks. Uh, that's my <laughs> final. <laughs> hey, I don't know. Like I thought he had some length and some defensive versatility. And then I watched the play in game in the first game. That's not the case. I'm like, Oh, well, at least he can knock down shots. And he was, he was bricking everything. Uh, so although he's got a cool nickname, I heard it's uh Herter. She wrote, um, <laughs> that's actually that's, amazing. That's, that's probably the, the best thing he's got going for him. So, you know, I, I think this series is, uh, his five games tops. So, Sorry, someone Jay. has to step up for the Hawks, though. I mean, it can't just be Trey. Like, well, DeAndre high, Hunter the... wasn't impressive to me either. Like DeAndre Hunter was, you know, they talked about how important he was, but seemed pretty average too. So I he mean, was maybe the second leading scorer though. He had, 14, he had fourteen points. I I don't think Atlanta can play 14, much worse than that. Fourteen. Sorry, Caleb. Five games. Heat. Yeah, I on Yeah, five. I think Heat and five as well. I think Atlanta gets one at home, but that. Honestly, I think even if Atlanta plays really well, I think this is just a tough matchup for them, and the Heat are just just too good, honestly. But, I mean, shout-out to Atlanta for making it. They, they battled hard through the end of the season, uh, managed to, to take two games in the play-in, so that was super impressive. But uh, moving along here in the East. Sorry, my, my Hawks will be back. They'll be yeah, back. they'll be back. Hey, it's a development year. That's all, all, that's all that matters. But uh, Milwaukee-Chicago, we honestly – that game one, it was a very, very low scoring, a little bit, a little bit ugly, but I found it very entertaining, honestly, of, of all the of all the game ones. And I didn't think it would be. I thought the Bucks would kind of steamroll them. But uh, despite poor shooting out of basically everybody in the game, uh, it was a close game. It came down game down to the last five minutes. So what did you guys think of that game? And then what is, did it change your mind about what we said uh, going going forward? I I think it's um the Bucks are kind of that grinded out team like at least early in the playoffs and get their their groove you know uh coach bud has had uh his challenges in the past he got he got his ring but if he didn't win the championship last year he would have been fired so like he's not one to to adjust uh you know in the playoffs uh not at least to the level of other coaches so um yeah they didn't shoot well the best thing the biggest takeaway for me was uh demar guaranteeing he's not shooting poorly again um but the thing is i i yeah, I tend to favor the Bucks uh, bouncing back, and I mean, 
probably scoring like 120, to be honest. I don't think Chicago, like it's going to take a 50 point game for, for DeMar. Uh, yeah, to get a win. Uh, I'll say it. that's a pretty bold take, but yeah, 50 points from DeMar for a win. So it didn't change your mind at all, Bucks and four? <laughs> yeah. What are you, Jay? Did game one change your mind at all, or, or was it just a bad, bad like shooting night for everybody all around? I think it was just a bad shooting night. And, and I'll be honest. So I watched the, I think I watched like the first half of the game. And then I realized that the, the Bucks were beating the hell out of the Bulls. And I'm like, you know what? It, it just wasn't an exciting game for me. So I ended up turning it off. And then um, when I saw the final score was 93-86, I mean, you got to, uh, you got to give it up to uh, Chicago for being resilient and, and battling their way back in there. Um, Vucevic had a big game, 24 and 17. Uh, Zach Levine, 18 and 10. But yeah, tomorrow's got to play a lot better if uh, if Chicago want if Chicago wants any chance at, at beating the Bucks because the Bucks, especially on home court, they they've got some wild fans that uh, so we've learned o- over the year. Like fear the deer is is real uh, there in. Uh, uh, Wisconsin so uh, yeah I think I think that the Bulls still have a chance to win I think that they can upset but DeMar's gotta DeMar's gotta go off I think he's got to be the guy behind uh, and behind them and, and leading the charge I would uh, love to see it yeah I, I would love to see DeMar play really well but I, I think Bucks and four I think they're too good I think they're just getting warmed up really for the rest of the rest of the Bucks and six in six I, I, I honestly I would love to see Bulls get to just for for DeMar's playoff legacy which has not been great so far in in my lifetime but um moving on final series in the east and the best for last i thought this for game one was it was high drama to say the least it was amazing uh boston and brooklyn game one goes to boston on a dramatic game-winning buzzer beater by uh, jason tatum on a spinorama um was that the most impressive game-winning shot of this season and does that spell trouble for brooklyn the rest of the way that they weren't able to get number one no, not at all. I think um, that. No. Oh, go go ahead, Caleb. You go ahead, Jay. You go, okay? Okay. I'll I'll take the lead. I was gonna say the for the best game winners like Demar had those. I mean, we were already talking about him. He had those those step backs like back to back games. So, um, I mean, it's game one. You know, if that was maybe game two or three or take a two game lead, impressive. Uh, but I gotta go to with with Demar. Um. But uh, yeah, I, I don't. I I think this series is gonna go seven. Like it's just it's must watch TV. It's it's too entertaining, and one of these series has got to go seven. So I think I think this one's going all the way down to the wire. Jay, what do you think? I think Kevin Durant's got to play better. Like him and Kyrie have to be damn near tied for uh, leading points. Like, don't get me wrong, twenty three points in, in a tough playoff game one uh, at Boston, which it's not an easy place to play in. Um, especially if you're Kyrie Irving. Especially if you're Kyrie going off for 39. I mean, that's, that's very impressive. And I can't imagine well, what the it, fans were yelling it at kind of, he It looked kind of easy though, Jack. I, I know there's a lot well, of Kyrie. I guess that's true. I, I hate to say it. I, um, I hate to say it, but I love watching him play. Holy smokes. He is he is talented, dude. Uh, you know, top, is top, off the court. Top five most skilled. His personality. Top five most Easily. skilled player like, in the in the NBA you, right now. Oh yeah, or like at least score. Um, yeah, for sure. His his touch on the ball is ridiculous. You know, remember I, 
talked about it last year a lot, but uh, he's he's a joy to watch. Uh, how he conducts himself, you know, may not be how you want your, you know, those the young ballers out there modeling, uh, you know, their their body language and antics. But oh yeah, I, I'd say I am what I am. I'm a, I'm a Kyrie fan on the court. I mean, fair enough. Yeah, he's unbelievable talent, of course. And he did. He truly did make it look very easy. Uh, in Kevin's got to Kevin's got to play better defensively, yeah. though. That's a big thing. He was guarding Tatum on that last possession, and Tatum was easily able to cut back door. I think that Kevin's really got to keep an eye on him because that's the main guy. You're guarding their star. You're guarding their shot taker. You can't you can't be focused on the ball like like we've been taught since uh, we started playing basketball. You always got to keep an eye on your ball uh, or on the ball and, and your man. So. Uh, Kevin Durant just let that one slip in. And I know I saw a lot of people blaming uh, Kyrie on that last possession. There was nothing Kyrie could have done to to stop that with the height difference, the the strength in, in Jason Tatum. Um, even if he fouled him, there was a really good chance that Tatum was going to go to the line and at least knock one of them down. Uh, so I think that Kevin's got to be uh, be better on the defensive end. And, and even on the offensive end, he's got to have some when they go back to Brooklyn, I'll say. When they go back to Brooklyn, he's got to have a 40, 45 point night where he just goes off. He takes off. Let Kyrie do his thing in Boston. OK, because he obviously loves it. The M- NBA fans love it. Let Kyrie hit that 40 point stuff in, in Boston. But when you go back to Brooklyn and it goes back to your city, you got to take over. You got to be the king of Brooklyn. I mean, what a first round matchup this is, honestly. I mean, Mike Breen said it a bunch of times during that game that it's so just so crazy that one of those teams doesn't make it out of the first round. Like they're, they're both so talented. They're both deep. They're both great. I mean, that game, first game was so good. If we get even like two more games that are that good, the rest of the series, it could be an all timer. So I'm certainly super excited about this one going forward. So many big performances, incredible players. And uh, before and we move on from that one though, we got to say like that, that last um play the cut by Tatum and Durant falling asleep and losing track of him. That's got to be in uh, film study clips for, for teaching basketball that you can say, this is why you move without the ball. Okay. This is why you don't yeah. just stand on the three point line, like James Harden. And even against arguably one of the best players um, of all time, Kevin Durant, you know, they fall asleep. So keep, keep moving. Um, yeah. What a treat. I think two of the top five teams in the playoffs playing in the first round. Yeah. Right. It's amazing. Amazing. We're so lucky. I mean, honestly, the Eastern conference is, is really good. Good stuff so far. Um, and I, I still think Celtics pull it out. What did game one change your mind at all? You guys, who, who do you think, how do you, who do you think and how many? I, I do think the Celtics are going to win in seven, but it's going to be fun. I got, uh, I got the Nets in six. Oh, all right. Finally, finally, before we go to the West here, um, if the Celtics had Rob Williams, Celtics in five. Final answer. There we go. Uh, he's so good. He's unbelievable defensively. It would have been a different series if Rob Williams was playing. And if he comes back, I think they could come out of the East, honestly. But um, that wraps up the Eastern Conference. We'll take a short break here and come right back in with uh, Phoenix, New Orleans, which uh, could be could be a bit better than we think. So stick around. We'll be right back with the Western Conference. All right, and we're back, hitting up the Western Conference this time. Those uh, the chumps that make you wait till the ten thirty starts for uh, some of the best games in the league. So I guess we'll start with the the one and eight Phoenix versus New Orleans. Uh, Phoenix up one nil. They look pretty good 
in game one. Obviously, Jaden mentioned it. Uh, JV had a huge game, uh, which could be uh, maybe a problem for Phoenix going forward, rebounding. But um, I still think Phoenix is going to take this one pretty easily. What do you guys think? I'll, I'll just say yawn. I don't know. This series is an intriguing. I will give Chris Paul a shout out for um, his amazing performance in game one. It's awesome when a guy that's older than me, which there's not many that are still com- uh, competing and performing at a, at a high level in the NBA. And geez, if it's not the Raptors, hmm, I feel like I, I want, yeah, the Suns are probably the, the team I'll be rooting for just because of CP3. Yeah, they're, they're a very likable team. And shout out to Chris Paul. What a performance. I mean, 30 points, seven rebounds, 10 assists, and three steals. That uh, doesn't get much better than that. But, Jay, what do you think? You think New Orleans could even take two games off of them or even one at all? I'm, I'm not too sure. I think they can definitely take one. Um, I'm really big on that, uh, that young guy, uh, uh, Alvarado. Mm. Uh, obviously uh, known for his, uh, his full-court press and, uh, and sneaky steals and stuff like that. But uh, I definitely think if they're, uh, when they get back to New Orleans, I think they can definitely steal one away from them, especially if JB's playing the way he has been. They just really have to take – uh, advantage of that and obviously DeAndre Ayton in, in game one played played unbelievable had 21 points nine rebounds but I think um, if we're going off numbers wise I think that JV definitely wins that battle um, and I think that Ayton may still be struggling from his uh, injuries or, earlier on uh, this season so I definitely think that they can uh, they can take one game but I, I got Phoenix in five yeah I, I agree I think Phoenix in five as well um, I do think New Orleans is going to be really good down the line. Give it a few years. Tons of young players. I mean, forgetting about Zion, who hasn't played a game this year, but watch out for the Pelicans but, going forward. Also, like they got CJ mid-year. And, and I think yes. after any trade, you have to give it at least one year, one full season before you can blow it up or or call it a buster or whatever. You have to you have to see it play out because playing with different guys and, and playing with new teammates that can really have an effect on team chemistry. And you have to learn where people are going to be, what kind of pass they like, like where are their spots on the floor to shoot? Um, they have to learn all that. And it takes uh, minimum a season to, to learn all that. So I'd yeah. say give it another, uh, give another season before you think about um, blowing it up or, or trading them away or anything like that. I think that they have a really solid uh, core that they can definitely grow on, especially when Zion gets back, uh, it's going to be even better. Absolutely. I mean, shout out Herb Jones too. He's probably going to get that uh, first team all rookie nod over Jalen Green because of his D. So very impressive stuff. Lot to lot to look forward to in, in New Orleans for sure. Just probably not a first round victory this year. But um, with that, we'll move into, <laughs> into Dallas, Utah, which might be uh, a sleeper for best series after, first of all, the win for Dallas last night, tying it up 1-1. But then also the news that came out about an hour ago, Luka Doncic probable for at least game four, if not game three. So I think that's where we should start with this one. I mean, that changes everything. Um, just how big was it for Dallas to get one at home here uh, with Luka possibly on the horizon? Well, is Luka ready to come in and take a back seat to uh, the Villanova <laughs> great that is Jalen Brunson? Because uh, I think it's his team now. I mean, Luka should be ready. Should be ready to take that back seat. <laughs> back seat. What a game from Brunson. 41 out yeah. of the... Uh, out of the garden, a lot of clutch buckets, even over, over the big man. So, I mean, that was impressive, but again, like, so I got away from your question and I, I apologize, but I, I got to, you know, oh, it's quite all right. Like you guys are surprised because, uh, you know, Jalen, I just, he's, 
He's just so he can score at all all three levels for a, a guy that even on the broadcast they're like, you know, he's not overly quick, not overly athletic, basically not overly talented, but the guy just scored 41 points. He knows how to play the game of basketball. I think he's pretty talented. Uh so yeah, give give my guys some love. And he's got the like he could play in any era. He's got the old man post-up game. Um he looks like he's 40, which uh I appreciate. So yeah, Jalen Brunson, you know, it's now his team in Dallas. And uh, Luke will be a great, a great B. We're talking about these B-type performers. That uh, that could be Luca. Jay, what do you think? I Listen, I agree that... Uh, you want to Jill answer Brunson, my actual actual question? Yes, here, yes, yes, I do. <laughs> it's very, very important that Mavericks took at least one game because that means they'll uh, they'll at least be coming back to, uh, to Dallas where Luca will be able to put the nail in the coffin of those ugly Utah jazz uh, players and teams. So um, yeah, I think that with Jalen Brunson going off, he kind of solidified himself as uh, Lucas number two Um, before. I think you could argue that it could have been Maxi Kleber or uh, Trey Burke or Reggie Bullock, like any, any one of those guys. But I think with the, with the 40 points uh, performance in the playoffs against a really tough Utah team, I think that uh, I think Jalen will definitely be number two and uh, has showed coaches, front office management, and ev- even other GMs that um, when, when the superstars out, he can step up and play big. And, and he's really been like one of the top B players the past, like let's say two to three seasons, um, quick shifty lefty that, uh, that can get to the bucket and, and make all the fakes just like Rondo used to do back in 08. But uh, yeah, loved, loved the game. I think that it was super important for them to, to at least take one at home just to guarantee that they'll be back in Dallas to, uh, to potentially seal the series. But I think, uh, I think the jazz are on, uh, on their heels a little bit. I think uh, with this news that Luke is going to be coming back, I think that they're nervous. I think that they have to adjust for, for him and now Jalen Brunson too. So Dallas is looking dangerous. Yeah, I, I agree. I think they should be worried if I was, a, if I was a member of the Utah jazz is a fandom, just with Luca on the rise, I mean, again, we know what Luca brings, especially in the playoffs. Even if he's at 75% health, he's going to bring a huge boost. And that was a gutsy win, honestly. Like, obviously, Brunson put up a lot, put up big numbers, but the whole team contributed. They played great D down the stretch. Um, they, they held Gobert, only took one field goal. They held Mitchell. Um, Mitchell's shot 13 for 30 in the game, and he shot 10 for 29 the game before that. He did get the big numbers, but they were basically a point per shot. So Dallas's D is playing well, despite the lack of size. This is a great series so far. I think this one could go deep. You said, Caleb, that we need one to go seven. I think this could be it in the West, especially with the return of Luka at such a pivotal point in this series. I, I don't think it'll go seven. Even, are, are we not going to talk about Hassan Whiteside's performance? I mean, <laughs> guy got seven rebounds, two points. I mean, 10 key minutes, tough. Listen, it, it should, do I need to be the one to say it? Like, cause I will say it. Quint Snyder's a piece of shit. I mean, <laughs> he's got to be giving him starting minutes. All right. If they want to win, Hassan Whiteside needs to be playing the minutes that Gobert is. No, he's just padding, so padding those what? per 36 stats. Hold on, hold on. I'm well, so if happy. You, if you look at the plus minus, Jaden, he was plus four and Gobert was minus 10. So I, I think he could get the start next game probably. All, all I'm saying. And especially now that Gobert didn't win <laughs> defensive player of the year. Like, what? what is that? I think no, the no, I'm, power I'm, so, is I'm so happy that I'm so happy that he didn't win it. There's so many uh, more deserving players than uh then gobert to win defensive player of the year once again so uh yeah, yeah. hassan whiteside uh will definitely be starting next game 
and uh, Dallas is going to win in five. Well, I'm uh, <laughs> sorry. I was, I was just going to say, yeah, I'm done. I'm done with this series. I think uh, Utah is, is past their, their Blow it up. Yeah, exactly. Mitchell. I, I don't know what Mitchell is. I don't is. like Mitchell. I He's used to a, be a fan. I'm not a fan anymore. Yeah. I mean, that's, he's Allen Iverson percentage. And I don't think that it's my guy, but that's, I don't know if that's modern basketball. Well, do you see who he has to carry? <laughs> uh, that's a good point. But I, I, yeah, I think. No, Jordan, Jordan Clarkson um, should be uh, next guy up. Yeah. I well, I mean, at Utah, I think their future is in a, in a pretty big state of limbo. Hopefully, if Luca can come back, Dallas can pull it off here and maybe make a deep run. I would love to see that. But um, hey, 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 do you see who they have in the pipeline though? Who's that? Dwayne, Dwayne Wade's son. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah and yes, D Wade came onto the ownership group to yeah, get his son hey. that spot on the G League team. <laughs> you, know, you never know. You never know. Him and LeBron Z- need to Z- chill out. Zyra with Wade. trying to get their kids on NBA rosters. They do. Like, I, I respect. I respect it though, honestly. But I mean. I guess I mean it's brought up a lot of great talking points, but I guess we'll move on from the uh, the, the Dallas Utah series, um, and on to Golden State Denver, the three versus six. Golden State commanding lead of this series 2-0. Well, I guess not commanding; they defended home court very well, but um, I think I think they left us with a, a taste in our mouth that Denver might not have too much more to offer. Um, Jokic is getting he's having a hard time dealing with the with the Golden State defense, especially with his supporting cast. I mean. Denver, they, they and, Denver battled uh, last game, but they, they weren't able to, to stick it out. So I don't know. What, what, what do you guys think about this series? I think Golden State might even get the sweep. I, yeah, I have a, a few things to say about this series. And I'll start out with Boogie because uh, doesn't play on winning teams. Uh, he's just he's a loser. Um, what did Sacramento wrong, ever do to him do, or do for him, though? What has yeah. Sacramento done for anybody? <laughs> Sacramento, yeah. Sacramento is a poverty franchise. Okay, they're it's not. They're not good. I, I think they're both right. Him and George Carl. So George Carl said, like, well, they gave you fifty million dollars and allowed you to play professional basketball <laughs> for a living, um, drafted you. But I think Cousins is also right that like it was just a state of flux the whole time he was there. But yeah, Cousins, he's not conducive to winning. Um, the defense of Golden State on, or well, basically. Uh, it's Draymond's defense on Jokic is uh, well been pretty impressive, but the refs not not doing uh, the soon to be two time MVP any favors and giving him any calls. But really, just like how quickly Golden State got their their mojo back, it seems, and uh, got all that all that swag. So I said it was going to be the most intriguing series. This is like quickly becoming the the least interesting series. And Mike Malone, I don't know what his deal is, but his guys don't seem to defend in the playoffs or maybe during the regular season either, but especially not in the playoffs. But they're, they're also missing their second best player in Jamal Murray. So, yeah, third. And, and they're third in, in Porter, but I don't think either of those guys like Murray, I think started playing a little bit better defense before he got hurt, but I don't think like their issue has always been on the defensive side of the ball. And if you're not locked in defensively against Wiggins and Curry and Clay and Jordan Poole and Draymond, you know, the, the point guard Draymond, then yeah, it's, it's going to be a wrap real quick. So for, I, I think I may have to agree with you, Jack. I think it's, I think it's a four game suite. Yeah. I don't want it to be, I, I want Denver to, to at least put up a fight, but I, I don't know. And from what I've seen in the two games so far, it seems like they just don't have many other options to fall back on at this point, especially with Jokic not playing his best. Like I think that, honestly, I think it'll be sweet, but if they're going to get one, I think 
it's going to be on Jokic's back and he's going to be putting, he's going to put up like a 40, 20, 20 game or something like that. And that's, remind, that's the only way. Yeah. And remind everyone who he is, but at the same time, it's like they, the Denver's, they don't just don't have anything for golden state, honestly. Um, but how, how can you stop uh, Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, Andrew Wiggins and Jordan Poole? Like you got, yeah. yeah one out of four of those guys is going to go off. It's just, yeah, that's just, it's facts. That's, yeah. that's what's going to happen. Like you can't stop all four of them. And like you said, Nuggets do not have a great defensive team, let alone a, a, a heavy guard defensive team. Yeah. It, it's a, it was a tough matchup for them from the get go. And I think, I think Golden State's just proven that and also proven that they are truly a contender for the title. Um, their experience is up there with anybody. They're super yeah. deep, super talented. And I think they're 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 It's them and Phoenix in the West, honestly, at this point, from what I've seen. So we'll, we'll have to see how it plays out. Hopefully Denver can get on the board, but it's been all warriors so far. Um, it's a, yeah. And then with that, we'll move on to the final, final Western conference series. The one I'm the most excited about at the time of recording this, we got about an hour and a half until tip uh, or uh, excuse me, two and a half hours till tip off uh, Memphis versus Minnesota. Currently the seven seed Minnesota leads one, nothing after a great game, one high pace, high energy, uh, big performances. Is this still the best series to watch uh, in the first round, maybe outside of Boston and Brooklyn in terms of excitement? Yeah, yeah absolutely. And Jay, I'll hand it to you. you. You picked Minnesota, right? When we did our, our pod the other day, you thought they're going to win. And um, I believed in the regular season Memf- Memphis Grizzlies, but you know what matters just like with Golden State is that veteran presence. And I can't believe I'm saying this, but Patrick Beverly is – is the difference maker. And I was thinking like, who's that guy for Memphis and it, who's the vet that's going to, you know, make a play and kind of be composed. And the only one I think of is like slow-mo Kyle Anderson. A boy. And, yeah. and, yeah. and it, so is he going to have it, like, just seems weird to me. No, to... Steven Adams. Steven Adams had zero. He was he no, 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 no. I thought, I thought you just meant like, just, just like, uh, like main veteran in in, uh, in general. I, th- I didn't. I don't know. You mean like productive? I, I think oh, yeah. no, Adams so is a great teammate, someone... but I don't think he gives yeah. like the the veteran leadership vibes that some other uh, some other guys do. I, I could, to, it could be to, wrong. To make that like you know you've gone a few possessions without a bucket or you've got scored on like four possessions in a row. Someone that's gonna you know do the make the hustle play or the make the extra pass, um, draw a charge, even just talk to his guys on the floor and, you know, kind of say like, follow me for one. I've been here before. Uh, I played for this coach that you guys may know. His name's Greg Popovich and he showed me a couple things. So, but still it's, it's weird to me that like, Oh, Kyle Anderson's going to be the difference in a series. Whereas Beverly, uh, he can be for all of his antics and extracurriculars. I, ah, it's frustrating. However, um, I think, this game tonight, bold prediction, Jaw gets a lot of calls. Jaw is going to mm. have his best game against the Wolves this season because I know he didn't play well versus the Wolves in the regular season. Uh, this is going to be Jaw's game. I think the refs are going to go a little star crazy, and uh, he's going to get over over twelve free throw attempts today. I'll say. Interesting, interesting. Jay, what, what do you what do you think that what do you think about that proclamation? Uh, I agree. I mean, I think that a lot of people, and in, including a lot of NBA executives I'm sure want to see this one go seven because it's just so damn exciting. So I think that um, maybe a little whisper in, in uh, the referee's ear here and there, you know, just, you know, give uh, give Jaw a couple of these uh, ticky tack fouls. And yeah, I think that uh, I, I still got Timberwolves though. I think that the Timberwolves have the, 
the advantage in the fact that a lot of them have been there before. Um, Carl Anthony Towns, he's been with Minnesota for years now. He's he's played some very high intense uh, games, maybe not playoff games, but um, Patrick Beverly, of course, D'Angelo Russell, they've all been under the bright light, so they know what to expect. They um, they're just as gritty and grimy as as the Memphis squad is. So oh. I think that this is um, this is a dogfight. But I think that the bigger dog in uh, the Timberwolves is going to come out on top. Jack, I got two questions for you. Okay, um, okay. Who is the Timberwolves' all-time uh, winningest coach in playoff history? Because <laughs> Chris Finch is second with one win. Oh, man. I saw that he tied the record. I I mean, it's not Flip Saunders, is it? I think it, I think it is. I, I guess if he's I had that one – I, I think if he had the one series with – KG where they won like two yeah, games. They, that was a good, and they had uh, like Troy Hudson on that, that team. <laughs> that was before my time. Yeah. Um, but my my honest question is 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 how how good is your boy? So good, Ant Man Edwards. He's so good. I can't believe Jaden Jaden left him out, man. I, you're saving him for He's me, I guess. Like, no, yeah. I, no, I, I no, I was, but I was talking more like um like been in the limelight, like been oh yeah, yeah played yeah. played in big games. Like obviously, Ant is um is super super young so yeah um and plus you you know a lot more about him than i do but yeah, i just he's know born like, ready he yeah. doesn't he doesn't need to be in the high intensity games because he's born yeah. for this shit man the, the sound the sound bites though the sound bites the 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 swagger the confidence is it's on i, I love that guy man remember before before the his first year when when the narrative was does he even care about basketball yeah. Like, yeah. is he even going to be I, able to be elite because he doesn't care but is but, that that might be one of his his biggest talents is like, he honestly, is, like, like he, he doesn't even, th- he doesn't second guess himself. He doesn't even think about it. He's like, this is, this is what I do. Oh yeah. Basketball. This is easy. What do you mean? No, he's okay, amazing. Hey, would you compare him to, uh, he's the Marshawn Lynch of the NBA. <laughs> oh, that's good. I like that. That's very know. good. I don't know enough about football, but I know Lynch is good for a crazy sound bite every once in a while. Hey, but also, yeah. but Marshawn Lynch just became a uh, minor, minority stake owner in uh, the Seattle Kraken of the NHL. So, Saw do you think too, uh, yeah. Anthony, maybe Anthony Edwards will uh, will someday uh, own a team in another sport? I think he would. But uh, but for right now, I think that the sound bites and and him putting up thirty five plus uh, uh, a game in the playoffs is uh, is good enough for Minnesota. Well, he's big enough; he could go play tight end for the Vikings just I mean, <laughs> that guy like I don't think anyone's you said like comparisons I thought you're gonna go like previous uh NBA players and he's massive I don't know like who who he's even close to like build wise I this is not saying talent wise and you know like basketball IQ wise but he's he's close to being built like LeBron isn't he six eight two 230 or 67 I think he's only like six foot five or six I'm oh, not 100 really? percent sure about that I'd have to oh, have wow. to check he's, he's wide he's, body though. oh yeah Jeez. his shoulders are about six feet apart um here, let me see oh he's six four 225 according to six four according to the What's score that? yeah I know wow. you wouldn't know it and I mean honestly I like we I mean just we were talking we talked about it before when we broke down this series but I just think Minnesota provides a really tough matchup for Memphis Honestly, because I think even if Memphis was, even if Memphis was with New Orleans as eight or even Denver as six, I think they could they could put up a much better performance. Just because Cat's a really tough matchup for Adams, who's not very mobile, yeah. and Jaron Jackson Jr. is an excellent rim protector. But when he has to run around the outside, he's mitigated. And 
I don't know. I mean, Minnesota's got the bigs. They got Vanderbilt too. So Vanderbilt can uh, be the primary defender of their bigs and then cat can help and stuff like that. It's just, I don't know. I just think it's a, it's a tough matchup for, uh, for Memphis. I mean, they're obviously good enough to pull it off um, and come back from, I mean, they're only down 0-1, but well, who well, wins tonight? Is there, I thought is those guys were going to, it was going to be more of a, a, like kind of a grinded out first game. I, I, like a fool, I bet the under. It was two thirty nine <laughs> and a and a half, and uh, yeah, I'm like, oh well, like this is you know grit and grind Memphis. I would have, I would have hey, bet the under too. Man, no can score but though. They, but they just, they both just played so fast. I was yelling, I'm like, I slow down. They're shooting with like <laughs> twenty seconds on the shot clock, or or getting fouled so quick. Um, you stop it, stop it, <laughs> stop scoring. Okay, we just need yeah. you to hit like each team to hit like. 35 in the yeah. first half that's it all right <laughs> um so what ge- my thing with with memphis is aside from transition like and kind of like i was saying earlier when they need a veteran to to kind of get them settled in the half court who's that guy jaw obviously your primary but who are their other scoring options jackson doesn't seem to me like you know your your go-to score and it's it's bane who am i forgetting on memphis that Dylan Brooks? you know can get a bucket Oh, Brooks. Yeah, you're right. Actually, it's got it. He had 24. He's. I don't know. Some. I like him. I love his his fire. But talk about a streaky score. I love that he's Canadian. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. 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 Brandon Clark, Desmond Bain, Dylan Brooks, uh, Tyus Jones. Yeah. So it's it's interesting. Well, maybe just sometimes you need that that guy that you know. Okay, like he primary option is so-and-so secondary is here um that maybe they're too unselfish and like you know they're too passive well they could really use uh timberwolves legend uh jared culver to get some minutes right now texas tech legend (laughs) as well but i think honestly with with memphis it sounds bad because i really like jaw and i think he's going to be an extremely special player and i think he was a special player this year too but i just i don't know i didn't see i didn't see this season from him transition to one where he's going to put up these numbers and they're also going to win in like, or play winning basketball, so to speak. I mean, obviously they, they did win. They were second in the West, but he's still to me, a guy who will put up the 27, but maybe in a losing effort more than most, you know what I, you know what I mean? Yeah. 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 It's there's, tough. Or like I mean, those, those misleading regular season teams, either obviously mm-hmm. there's, there's usually one or two that kind of overperform in the regular season, just like those, you know, some teams that kind of grind it out and just find their way in kind of like the bucks this year, like only getting the, the three seed, but still the bucks are, you know, legitimate title contenders. And then the Grizzlies after game one, is anybody thinking that they can even make it to the finals? Probably not. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, I don't know, honestly, I think that tonight's game is obviously going to be a huge one. Cause if Memphis goes down Oh two, you don't necessarily see them bouncing back, but who, who wins tonight? Do you guys think? Cause I think, I think Memphis at home going down 0-1 could come out and honestly even blow them out, um, to be quite frank. Not to say oh. that they'll win the whole series that way, but tonight. Jaden, who you're the betting guy. So, Jaden, who do you got money on tonight in that game? I would throw money on the Timberwolves. I, I would say, I mean, they have the momentum now. They've won at least one. I mean, Plus I'm money sure, there, too. I would sure, like, I would have to check. And if you give me a second, I can check what the odds are um, uh, minus 300 Memphis plus 240 Minnesota on the bet score app. Yeah. So I would probably throw some on the Timberwolves if I was feeling a little frisky tonight. So 
Um, yeah, I'm, I'm going with the Timberwolves. I think they're going back to back. They're stealing two uh, wow. in Memphis, and uh, they're going to go back home up 2 0. That would be something. Yeah, I gotta stick, I'm, I'm sticking with, uh, with the stargazing uh, refs helping Jaw and Memphis out. And, you know, I'm, I don't know about the blowout, but I think, yeah, Jaw. 12 plus free throws, no, 30 plus points. No, no game's going to be a blowout in this series. That's a good point. Not, none, none of them are going to be a blowout. Like, if you pick Grizzlies tonight, that's a great bet. If you pick the Timberwolves tonight, that's a great bet. Mm-hmm. I yeah, think that so evenly if, matched. if you bet on a team in this series and you lose, you're okay with it because it's going to be a close game. Yeah. Honestly, and as long as. I'm just cheering for a great game, honestly. That's that's all you yeah, can ask yeah, for. Yeah, we just want everyone to have fun. <laughs> exactly. We want another, we want another game like the Celtics and Nets. Uh, oh yeah. So, although Jay, would you bet on Stephen Adams to score more than two and a half points tonight? Listen, I do not give. Um, <laughs> I'm not a, a gambling expert uh, by any means, but I would bet on him to score more than two and a half points tonight. Okay. Okay. Two putbacks. Two putbacks. That's light work for Mr. Adams. Um, but with that, we we've talked east, we talked west. Um, we're gonna break down the rest of our playoff tree. Um, see what's going on after the first round because you know our first round picks now, so we can kind of figure out the bracket here. Um, so in the east right now, based on our picks, we've got Miami taking on Philly in the second round. F for the Raptors. Nothing but respect, but just not their year. Um, in the other side, then we'll have. Two, we have three people picking Milwaukee, and then we got a Boston, two Boston and a Nets. Um, so we're going to pretend yeah, y'all like... Y'all have no love for the Nets, all right? We're, we're going to put it out there. Y'all pick the Celtics to move on. <laughs> I pick the Nets, okay? Just remember. We'll see, we'll y'all see. Y'all are giving up on Kyrie yeah. and KD, okay? I'm just saying. I'm just putting it out there, making sure, making sure the listeners know who picked what. I don't know. It's just uh, the depth and, uh, you know, it takes us, you know, another... They both have to be so great, Jay. Like they both Celtics won one game for eighty. I, I know, but like, I don't know. Drogic stepped up. Well, we already spent some time on this, but yeah, Jay. You know what? You get to you get to, to say you told us so. I will. Well, <laughs> so Celtics Bucks in the other side. Uh, Celtics Bucks in the one side. Uh, Heat and Philly in the other, and then in the West, uh, Phoenix versus Dallas. We're all rocking with Dallas to uh, upset Utah, or it's not upset. Sorry, they're the four, but to beat Utah. Um, as long as Doncic comes back. And then on the other side, Golden State's going to take care of Denver, and then we come to another crossroads with the Memphis-Minnesota uh, pool. And I'm actually going to change my pick. I'm going Minnesota. So we're All going, right, we we're go. going, we're going Minnesota go. versus Golden All State right. in the second round. I love Memphis, but I think Minnesota's going to pull off the upset. Jay convinced me. So. Hey, Minnesota, rise up. Anthony Edwards, Cat, <laughs> D'Angelo Russell, let's go. True North. Uh, let's go wow. Timberwolves. For life. And Chris, Chris Finch could be the all-time leader in uh, playoff victories as a coach after round one. Hey, Minnesota know. God right there. Minnesota Wouldn't God. That, <laughs> Wouldn't that be something? So why, well, why don't we stay right there? So in, if, if let's say Minnesota wins, just uh, th- completely theoretical. Minnesota gets, uh, gets past Memphis. Golden State gets past Denver. Then we've got the Minnesota versus Golden State matchup. That's an interesting matchup. What do you guys think? Just uh, off the top of your heads. Uh five gold state in five. Oh, yeah. Okay. But what what if it was Memphis? Well, what if it was Memphis then? You think Um, it changes? Maybe by a game. (laughs) (laughs) Good one. (laughs) 
um, maybe six or, or five. I don't know. The Golden State, to me, after these two games against Denver, either Denver has made them look better, but they got that mojo from early in the season, even be, like before Clay came back when they were, you know, just uh, running through everyone. So, yeah, I, uh, call me. Call me crazy, but I think I think the Warriors are legit. They're probably the biggest threat to, or they they are the biggest threat to uh, Phoenix. So we got one hey, Warriors. Hey, this sorry sorry. This is the way I think of it. All right, so Warriors are playing the team right now with the arguably the best center, the best forward in the league, arguably. Okay, so they get past them. Warriors are guard heavy team. They get past the Nuggets. They have to play either the Grizzlies or the Timberwolves. I mean, there's no one on their on the Grizzlies or Timberwolves that if I was on the Warriors, that would scare me that much. Like the closest would be Cat. And I, I don't think that I think that Jokic would have scared me more than than Cat does. So you're yeah. going Warriors as well then? I would go Warriors as well. Yeah. I, I'm I'm with Caleb on that one. I'll go uh if they if they face off against Timberwolves, Warriors and five. If they face against the Grizzlies, it'll be Warriors and four. I'm going Warriors over Timberwolves in five but if it was memphis i think it could be a different series i'm not i'm not going to go as far as saying memphis will win that series but i think that would be a much more competitive series than minnesota versus golden state i just think minnesota has memphis's number in terms of the matchup and i think memphis could match up well with golden state just with the way they play and and yeah their fearlessness but their their compete level on the defensive end because the timberwolves can scare them offensively, but the one thing you you don't want to do against the Warriors is try and go shot for shot with them because exactly. they got the shot makers, right? Whereas Memphis could bring a different kind of style. So stylistically, yeah, that would be the tougher matchup. But since you guys picked the T Wolves, it's going to be Golden State in five against the Grizzlies. Going to be Golden State in six, and then setting up a well epic clash of. Uh, of Titans there in the uh, Western Conference Finals. Have we got there yet? We have. Well, no, I think no. you just. I think we're still round I think one you, right now. I think you just took <laughs> us. I think you just took us there though. So well, yeah. that, that brings uh, the other side. We got Phoenix and Dallas. So I'm going to assume based on that that this epic clash involves the Suns. Am I correct? No, it was Jalen Brunson versus uh, Steph Curry, the two best guards oh. in the league. <laughs> psych, psych. Um, yeah, no, I think the Suns are the most complete team, and just. Yeah, I think that'll be a great series, and that's uh, that's what's gonna happen. So yeah, I got the Suns beating beating the Mavericks, and Luca has another, you know, crazy stat line in that series, but not enough. Jay, do you, do you agree? Yeah. Any Luca magic? No Luca magic coming coming out of the out of the woods for Dallas or what? I, I... no, I agree. I just I, I got I got to focus on this round one, and then. Once we get there, we'll we'll uh, we'll focus on on round two. I mean, Phoenix. I agree. I agree as well. I mean, as much as I would love to see Dallas pull off the incredible upset, Phoenix sixty win team. They've just been they're just too good, too complete, uh, so good defensively and offensively. Um, Golden State would be a hell of a conference final matchup. Um, that would just be pure basketball, amazing basketball, and I and I think it's pretty likely at this point. So uh, it, I'm looking forward to it. But let's move to the East now. We I, we talked about the East quite. Uh, at nauseum to start this, uh, start this pod. So, uh, heat Sixers quickly rapid fire here. Who, who do you got and, and how? I, I, got I got the, the uh, I got, the I got, heat. I got the Sixers. Oh, there we go. There's the first switch up. Well, okay. Caleb, why do you got Sixers? What's the, what's the difference maker? 
Um, I I don't even like them, but Harden and B, they they get to the free throw line. There's so much. I think there's the they have the most to lose by not getting there. Um, so I think I think they're yeah. Just and Miami, I think playoffs about stars, and I go star power with with Embiid and and Harden. Jay, Heat or Sixers? Yeah, Heat for sure. I'm gonna go. Oh, there we go. Because they have the best uh, defensive team in the playoffs right now. Like I said before, um, they have a lot more offensive weapons than the 76ers do, and we all love it. We say it every single episode. They got that culture. Let's go Heat. Well, I'm not sure. I'm not sure what culture involves trying to fight your coach as as the star player. But I'll I'll, I'll let it slide. I'll let it slide. This is the hardest one for me to pick in terms of the second round. I think. I think Miami matches up well enough with the Sixers. I mean, Bam can do it as well as a job on Embiid as anybody can, I guess. Um, And I think their defensive schemes will do a really good job handling Harden and Embiid. But at the same time, it's Harden and Embiid, and no one can really stop Embiid from getting his 30 and 15. I don't know. I think think the Heat are deeper. I think they're better coached. I think the Heat are going to pull it off in seven, though, and it definitely, definitely could go either way. But I think think Heat, I think they're a really good, complete team. And I think they'll expose the weaknesses. I will remind you guys when the Sixers get to the Eastern Conference Finals that I told you so, just yeah. uh, just like Jaden. But there's uh, going to be a couple. Sorry, I told Tyrese Maxey so, yeah. will. Uh, yeah. <laughs> all right, all right. Final, final, uh, final matchup here in the conference semifinals. Um, we got Milwaukee and Celtics. I think this is going to be a great series if it were to materialize. Uh, two two powerhouse teams who are good at both ends. So who who wins here? And potentially, if it was Milwaukee versus Nets, who would win? Potentially. Nets. <laughs> okay. Nets so you think win. Nets even beat Milwaukee as well? Yeah. Wow. wow. Okay. He's like you well, from last year, Caleb. You just I know. I learned my le- I learned my K- lesson. Hey, Katie's big ass foot cost them last year, <laughs> and you know what? Yeah. That big ass foot's going to be dropping forty to forty five on them this year. So I got KD with the revenge series coming back and uh, and beating Milwaukee. And then if it was Boston, though, if it was Boston, Bucks or Boston? Bucks. I tend to agree. Yeah, I, I, I got think, I got the Bucs as well. I yeah, uh, I agree with that. I think the Bucs are, are arguably the best team in basketball. I think they have the best player player in basketball in Giannis. And I think they're just they're primed for a, a deep run here. And I just don't think they're gonna get rattled very easily, especially by by the Celtics or, or the Nets having played them last year. So it's gonna be tremendous. Um the uh the second round is gonna be awesome. There's gonna be great matchups all around. Um and then conference finals. Last one here, last picks here. We got conference finals. We got Golden State and Phoenix. And then um, what is it then? I guess it's Miami and Bucks, right? Heat, Heat versus Bucks. So Heat versus yeah. Bucks, who do you got going to the finals? Bucks are back. Back to back. There you go. Bucks, Bucks going to the finals. Jaden, you got think the Heat can can maintain that number one seed out of the East or what? All yeah, right, I'm we, very confident with the with the Heat this year. It's the pressure on for the tiebreaker, but I got to go Bucks. I've been rolling with them all year. Said they're going to repeat since like November, so can't switch up now. And then West, finally, this is the one you were talking about, Caleb. Warriors versus Suns. How's it go down? It's tough, but I'm going with the with the Warriors. Poor Chris Paul will probably get hurt in Game Six or Game Seven, and and then uh, the Warriors will just keep doing their thing and they roll back to the. To the promised land and see uh, who are yeah, the Bucks. Yeah, Warriors Bucks finals. Jay, same one or what? You switching up? Uh, Warriors Heat. 
Oh, oh right. Warrior seat. Warrior seat. I honestly, I honestly don't even know if I have a pick. I think I need to see. I think I need to see game two, Phoenix, New Orleans tonight to have a pick in that one. Honestly, I, I, I think it's that close. I think it's a complete toss up. I think they even match up well against each other. I mean, like guard for guard, forward for forward, just not maybe at the center position. But then Draymond at center makes up for any shortcomings. I don't know. It's gonna be awesome. The playoffs is, have already been awesome, and then it looks like we're uh, primed for an unreal playoff tree all around. So. Are there any final thoughts, guys, before we wrap up here? I mean, you know, we've uh, predicted a lot and talked a lot about this first round and more. So any final closing thoughts from you guys? Just that, uh, Jaden, don't trust the Nets, man. Sorry, Jay. They broke his heart once before. He can't go back now. But, uh, Jay, any final thoughts? Yeah. Kyrie dropped 39 points in arguably the toughest sports environment of all time. You got racist stupid ass Celtics fans yelling things in his face all game long and dropped 39 points. I trust Kyrie anywhere. Kyrie's Kyrie's that guy for me, him and KD can't do no wrong. So, I mean, I got, I got them going a long way, this NBA playoffs and this is going to be a fun playoffs. I think that uh, there's a lot of storylines as we touched on today. And I think that um, there's going to be a lot of, um, B type players that uh, make their make their way into the A category this playoff season. I mean, absolutely bold predictions, bold takes all around. Great predictions, maybe not so great predictions all around as well. Um, we're all going to be covering it the rest of the way. The conference uh, semifinals coming up in the next couple of weeks. First round has been amazing so far, and that's going to conclude the Loyal to the Game podcast episode fourteen. It was so much fun. Thanks to Caleb and Jaden as always. Uh, keep your eyes peeled for more, and uh, keep enjoying the NBA playoffs. It's only going to get better from here. So, peace.